in our series, I want to talk about bring your gifts. And, and really, of course, Christmas is about the gifts for some people. But it, for us, we know it's about Jesus Christ, the greatest gift and the best gift that he gives to us in our lives and the difference that he makes. But I want to encourage you, you know, that this Christmas, as we think about this theme, that we say, you know, I want to bring the gifts to Jesus. Now, how are we going to start this when we think about bringing the gifts? What does this actually really mean when we think, because Christmas has become about gifts, the billions of dollars that are spent on gifts, the billions of dollars that are spent on gifts that you never use, like foot spas. Don't ever buy anybody a foot spa. So anyway, that's just a little note, and if you bought one, God bless you. Um, but I want to start here, Romans 12, 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Now, you might say, what does this verse actually have to do with Christmas then? With an Advent service? What does this have to do with our, our Christmas spirit? And here you are preaching from the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 1. Well, let me just remind you something, that in many ways this verse captures the whole Christmas message in one small verse as Paul is writing. You may be surprised at that. But he says to us, I urge you. In other words, listen, listen to me. When Paul says, I urge you, he's saying, listen to me. I need you right now. Stop what you're doing. Listen to me because I'm going to make a point and this point is really important for you. So we've got to take note. So I urge you in view of God's mercy. In view of in other words, I urge you, and as you stand back in your life and you look at the view and you understand the view of God's immense mercy, realize that this view is amazing. Realize that what you see affects the whole of your life. Realize in view of God's great mercy. This is where he starts. I love views. There are spots, I mean, we live in a fantastic place where we can sit and we can look at the beautiful lake of Okanagan and we can watch all the, the boats moving across and we can see the Ogopogo dancing. And, and we, we live in a, in a wonderful place. But there are spots in my own life where I love to go. Every year I climb Mount Revelstoke and at Eva Lake, where you go around the side of Eva Lake, where uh, there's a little waterfall that drops down and there's a little edge there and I can sit on that edge a couple of thousand feet above the valley and I can overlook the mountains and see the beginning of the Rocky Mountains and I can sit on that edge on top of Revelstoke Mountain with my Bible open, having the best quiet time you could ever have in the best location, in the most glorious moment. And I read the scripture, and I look up, and I see their mountains, and I look down, and I talk to the Lord, and I look up, and I see the view, and I understand the vastness and the greatness of God. What Paul is saying here, because you see and view the mercy of God, because you understand the vastness of his mercy that he gave his son to the world, 
world so that we may have life. Listen, I, I urge you now that you live a very different life. I urge you now that you live a life that is, that is completely different. So he uses four words, and these four words is what we're going to think about. He uses the word about that your bodies living, holy, and pleasing. These are the four words I want to think about for this morning, for this Advent service. That we think about these words. And of course, what he's actually saying is that our bodies, God wants visible, lived out bodily evidence that our lives are built on his mercy. When he talks about us, we are, and our bodies, you know, he's realizing that our bodies aren't there, say, for the catwalk. Our bodies aren't there for like, you know, to to look the best and be the best. He's saying, actually, you know your bodies, I want you to give over your bodies to the Lord as what? As a visible, lived out bodily evidence of what? Evidence of what? I want you to live out the mercy you have received. I want you to live out the mercy that God has given you. In other words, be available people that are full of God's mercy, that are full of God's strength, and offer yourself completely to God. Now, of course, when we think of the Christmas message, and when we think about the word bodies, there is one body that comes to mind to me, and that is the willingness and openness of Mary to make her body available to be used by God for the greatest mercy this world has ever seen. You see, she was willing as a human being to completely surrender herself to the will and purposes of God so that she could be used in the most remarkable way in her life and so that she could, should, should be a vessel to carry the greatest gift to this world, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. She was making herself available in the most profound and the most magnificent way so that God could use her. And I think for many of us, we have to remind ourselves that in in the bodies of who we are as human beings, that we want to make ourselves available for God to come down and to use us. Now, it's not quite as traumatic as, um, you'll be pleased to know, as the Virgin Mary. But the principles are still the same. Let's remind ourselves of the scriptures. It says, the virgin named Mary was Mary. The angel of the Lord went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. What always amazes me and humbles me about this story is that she's willing to respond to the voice of the Lord 
to say to the Lord, Lord, whatever you want to place within my life, I am willing to receive because my life is given over to the Lord. I'm willing for you to use me, Lord. I'm willing to offer my body, if you like, as a living sacrifice. I am willing to step in. I am willing, God, for you to use me, for you to come and to put something so divine, so amazing, so glorious, that brings salvation to the world, that brings hope, that brings freedom, that brings joy. He's the gift. He's the Messiah. He's the Son of the living God that will lay his life down for the sins of the world world and bring freedom to us. And she says, God, I am available for you to use me. I will not back away. God, what you want to do in my life, come and plant it in my life and I will carry it because you have asked me to do this. Now, how do I relate to that? Well, in a far, far lesser way, I can never compare myself to this moment. But in a far lesser way for you and I, when we make our bodies available and we say, Lord, we are yours, the Lord can often come to us and plant something deep within our hearts about that he wants to birth within us, that he wants us to do, he wants us to minister the way of vision, a way of service, a way of thought. He wants to come and use us. But we have to be willing to say, yes, Lord, what you want to do deep within me, how you want to work, what you want to do, Lord, I'm, I'm willing. Now, I could tell you amazing stories. I can tell you of my friend who came to me in my, a previous church I pastored, and she was so burdened about setting up a food bank that she came forward for prayer. I remember the day I prayed with her. This, this was conceived. She had lived herself on the streets. She had known what it was to, to battle and to be homeless. And yet the Lord gave her this vision for a little, a little food bank. And we opened it in, in the back of our church in, with a few cupboards and filled it with tins and let it be known with a few doctors. And, and, and she carried this for many years. And, and she didn't know what would happen to it and she made herself available and she was made herself open to the Lord and, and, and today that food bank is in four locations around our region and feeds over, well, thousands of people. But it started with an availability to say, I'm available, Lord, Lord, you do it. But I don't really want to focus on the traumatic or the big story because that can often make us feel, well, I can't possibly start a food bank. I can't possibly do this. I can't possibly do that. But, you know, I've discovered that it's, it's in the, when God plants the small things. When God comes to us and says, you know that, that person that's lonely, you can befriend them and you can make a difference in their lives. 
You know that person that's traveling through a difficult time uh, with divorce. You can actually come close to them and I can give you a heart that you can be used as an instrument of God's mercy. And you can give up time. You can give up energy. You can give yourself to that person because actually you can make a profound difference in, in, in a big way, in a small situation. But I can use you if you are willing for me to come and to take hold of your life. See, this Christmas, the best gift you can give is the gift of your body to be available to be used by the Lord. Mary did it. She was favored. You may not like to hear this, but I actually believe you and I are favored. We don't like that, do we? But I do believe we're favoured. Why do you say that, Phil? Well, let me tell you why I think I'm favoured. I don't understand it. I can't grasp it always. But I am favoured because there was a day when I was condemned. There was a day when I was lost. There was a day when, when sin wrecked my life. There was a day when I was out of control with, with all manner of things. And one day I heard the voice of Jesus and salvation entered my life. And let me tell you, that is favour. That's favor. I'm so pleased to be a Christian. I'm so pleased to be saved. I'm so blessed to know him as Lord. And I will make my body available to him. And he can plant faith in me. He can plant dreams in me. He can plant vision in me. He can plant those acts of kindness and goodness in me. Because I want to be a gift to this world as he was a gift for me. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. I love it. So we have our bodies. It talks about offer yourselves, your bodies as a living sacrifice. But living sacrifice. What, is it, what does this talk about? Well, very simply what that means is worship. That when we walk through life and the way that we live, we want to live in such a way that we worship God. That we want to honor him. That we want our lives to be given over to him. And, and that we honor him. Even when it's Wednesday night, it's cold, and you're pulling a paper cart for your 12-year-old child, and you're tripping over things... And you're being blinded by Santa Claus with lights everywhere. And you want to just say, you know, I just, I just love you, Jesus. Isn't that true? I actually don't care. I just love Jesus. You see, I can worship him while I'm dragging the papers around. I can worship him while I'm walking down the road. I can worship him while I'm bobbing around Coopers to get the milk because we've ran out. That happened this week. Um, you see, it's about letting every act of your body in the living be an act of worship. That when you get up, the gift you want to give to the Father is that you want to an act of worship. It's about let every act of your living body be a demonstration of that God's your great treasure. 
that he is there, that he loves you, that you, you treasure your faith, you treasure your relationship with Jesus, that you can, you know, what encouraged me the most about our church these days and seeing the change in so many lives, that so many of you are now talking about the joy of your quiet times, that you can't wait some of you tell me, I can't wait to get up in the morning to open my Bible, to, to do some journaling, to listen to God's voice. And, and I, just, I just can't wait to have my quiet time every day because my faith has become alive, because I'm enjoying that relationship. Because actually what's taking place is he's become our treasure. And when you've got a treasure and he's the most precious thing at the center of our lives. And that every act that may dishonor him, we want to remove. But every act that pleases him, we want to give him praise. We want to give our lives as as an act of worship this Christmas. Living sacrifice, living people of worship, a people that will honor him, a people that will praise him, a people that, that know that closeness and that intimacy. Do you hear what I'm, I'm trying to communicate with you? And of course, right the way through the Christmas story, there's angels, there's poems, there's songs, there's hymns, there's acts of worship, there's glorious uh, acknowledgement from scripture. The whole story in Mark and Luke has this glorious praise and worship running through it with angels and the glory of God. And I love that. And in our story, in our narrative, we need to keep worship. We need to keep praise. We need to keep giving him the glory this Christmas and give him all of the honor and say, yes, Lord. I'm, I'm willing for that. The word holy is in that verse. What does does that mean? Well, it means very simply that you are willing to give the whole of your body as an instrument for the Lord. As an instrument to be used, as an instrument to be played, as, as somebody that you are willing to say yes I want to be an instrument. I want to be used by the Lord. And this Christmas, you get the opportunity to be used by the Lord. In lots of ways. You've got relatives coming, haven't you? Amen. You've got brother-in-laws and sister-in-laws who you love deeply. Mostly. And, And you have all of this taking place. You know... I've got another chance this Christmas to try and win my father to Christ. 72. You know I'm on that journey. And if you're listening, Dad, you know I'm trying to win you to Christ. He phoned the other day. And so I pressed the thing. It was a little inconvenient. But I started to chat to him. And we chatted for an hour and a half. And while I was tidying up and doing the washing up and organizing the kids, he was on the speakerphone. I was chatting to him. He was talking away. It was about 4 a.m. in the morning. Don't go into that. And for him. And, um, and I was wandering around and, and chatting to him. And, and, and I know that that's important because 
If I'm going to win him to Christ, I have to be willing to put the time in there. He did text me later and said, do you realize that that phone call cost me $180? I said, did you call me on your mobile? He goes, yes. So uh, no Christmas presents for me. Um, But a conversation that was expensive, but in the terms of the kingdom of God, a conversation that builds the foundation for me to again look him in the eyes lovingly and say, Dad, you're 72. Are you ready to meet Jesus? Are you ready? Are you available to be used this Christmas? Wholly available as an instrument? Now, if you are willing to be used by him as an instrument, do you hunger for this? This Christmas, are you hungry to be used by him? To be used in that meekness, to be used in that mercy, to reach out and allow the Lord to, to use you. Now the question is then, this Christmas period and Advent period, what does it mean when we become an instrument to be used by the Lord? Our whole body, in a holy way, with an act of worship, we offer ourselves to God as Mary offered ourselves to God. How are we, how are we willing to, to be able to do that? Well, there are three areas I want to leave with you. Practically, you can do from Scripture that I believe can make a difference to our Christmas period. And if you're new to this and understand this, these These three things will make sense, but I want you to realize that as you step out in these three areas, they can make a terrific difference to people's lives. But let's remind ourselves of some scriptures here that that after they had heard the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen, and when it rose, went ahead of them until it stopped over a place where a child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and there they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened up their treasures and presented him with the gifts of gold, frankincense, myrrh, and having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. We know this story. It's the gift of the wise men, the magi, as they bring their gifts to the Lord. What gifts can we bring this season? Scripture teaches us there are three very simple gifts we can do from the New Testament. The first gift is actually what we give to people. You see, the apostle talks about him receiving a gift who he was sent, and these gifts were a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable, pleasing to God. These were for Paul. He was in trouble. He was in need. He needed help. He needed some support. And they sent him gifts to help him. They sent him a hamper. They sent him financial support. They helped him out. And the whole chapter 4 is about the goodness and the provision of God. But what I want you to think about this season is that there are some gifts that we give that are not just foot spas, are not just like... 
um, socks that we always buy, uh, or not just useless items, but when we really pray about it, we can bless somebody in our life in a profound way that can be used as an instrument that as we are blessed, this gift can be a fragrant offering to the Lord. So practically this Christmas, we spend hundreds of dollars on lots of gifts to lots of people we feel obligated to, to lots of different situations. But you know, would you stop and pray and ask the Lord very simply, is there some good gifts you can give that will be a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable, pleasing to God? This is a, a physical gift. This is something that is present. It's something that is real. It is something that's tangible. Maybe it's supporting a charity. Maybe it's a hamper for a family you know. Maybe it's something that you do with nobody knows about. But you choose to do something in this season because you know that practical, physical help of others is a fragrant Gift and a glorious offering to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But maybe you need to stop and you need to pray and ask the Lord yourself who, where, what can I help to be an instrument to give something to somebody to be pleasing to God? the Lord will whisper to you because there are lots of people where that will be a great blessing to. The second area, if the first one is gifts, the second area is caught in Hebrews chapter 13 and 15. That through Christ then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips that acknowledge his name. You know, words are really powerful. Not only spoken words, but written words. The fruit of our lips. And this Christmas season, this Advent process, journey, if you can decide to give a gift that is pleasing to God, to somebody somewhere that makes a difference, that's a beautiful thing. But if you can also remind yourself that the fruits of your lips can encourage and bless people and encourage people. And that what you write and what you communicate can make a massive difference in a person's life. And you may want to stop and pray as an instrument of God's mercy this season to think, who am I going to communicate something of a blessing, something of appreciation, something of a thanksgiving? Now, I know we all, we all know about love languages, and we all have our different love languages, right? Um, my love language is words. I, I t- I'd say to Michelle, it's, you know, go on, say something nice. Because oh, that's my love language. Even if you don't mean it, just say it, because I like it. And come on. And she'll sometimes say something really nice, and then she'll have a little joke there. I say, I know you're mocking slightly, but honestly, I like it. Uh, but we, we can forget sometimes the fruit of our lips 
can really bless people. And what the Lord teaches us, that yes, a practical gift, but yes, also the fruit of our lips. It may have been a long time since you've said the things you should say to the people that are closest to you. Maybe time that over that Christmas card, you write it with a little bit more discernment, a little bit more thought, and a little bit more of God's heart, and you will bless that person beyond anything you can know. Maybe you need to pick up the phone. I'm not suggesting that you spend $180 like my dad did. I said to him, in this day and age... With, with internet. Oh, I don't know about that. Oh, internet. Verse 16 gives us another key. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Goodness. To just do good. And of course, that is the theme of Christmas. That is what great Christmas films are made of. That is what it's all about, doing good. But you know, when we stand back and say, how am I going to conduct myself this Christmas season? How am I going to interact with this great time of celebration? There is no better way than when you say, I give myself as a living sacrifice to the Lord. What does that practically mean? Well, in this season, I believe it means that we learn to give gifts to some people that are pleasing, fragrant to God. That we learn to stop living in our insecurity and start to speak out appreciation, thanksgiving and goodness and the fruit of our lips and bless people with some good words and encourage them. And finally, yes, that we live this time through with a heartfelt sense of goodness. That I'm available to serve. I'm available to go the extra mile. That I'm available to be used by the Lord in my life. Very practical things. But take the three things and say, Lord, what are you going to do? How are you going to work and use me? Let's pray together. Maybe for a moment, just search your own heart and think, well, okay, in view of God's great mercy. So maybe you need to sit on the corner of whatever rock you sit on overlooking a great view and remind the view of God's great mercy. And go, yes, Lord. I view your great mercy the greatness of your hand in history, the willingness, the willingness of Mary to carry the gift to the world. The Magi that brought the gifts. Lord, may I 
be willing to do something that is pleasing to you. Show me what, Lord. Bring it my way, this Eleven days before Christmas. Bring it my way, Lord. Where I should communicate a blessing and an encouragement. Lord, show me who I should speak to. And keep my heart full of goodness. Lord, that I may have acts of goodness in my life. In the final moments of this service, I pray, come and fill me. And may I start these things right in my home with those that I love and those that I care for, Lord, I ask. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together.